0: Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Um, like I said, today is our 15-year anniversary as a church. Man, how amazing that has been. Yeah, let me give them a round of applause for that. So cool. So cool. And I know some of you have been here for a really long time, and so I'm glad that you're here. And those who have been here a short time, I'm glad that you're here. Um, when we started... Uh, Parkway Fellowship, you know, 15 years ago when we started the church um, and we started planning this service we started planning this service out, we decided early on we did not want this service to be about Parkway Fellowship we wanted this service to be about God, we wanted it to be about what God has done in the 15 years of Parkway Fellowship, because look, let's just be honest it's not the church that's great, it's God that's great Yeah, and look, and I think that's actually one of the things that's made Parkway Fellowship a great place to come to church, because at this church, we celebrate God and His Son, Jesus Christ, and what He has done for us, that He has died for us so that we could have His guidance and His grace and His love and His mercy in our lives. Like, that's what's been so great about it. And when we started the church 15 years ago, in the very first month of the church, we decided that our mission was going to be to reach the lost at any cost. And grow them to maturity. And that mission has not changed. It's still our mission statement today. And the reason it's not changed is because God's not changed. Because God still wants to reach our community for Christ. And he wants to use us to do it. He wants to use us to reach as many people as possible with the love and grace of his son, Jesus Christ. When we began the church 15 years ago, there were actually two of us that were on staff. It was myself and a guy named Chris Sedgwick, and he is still our youth pastor today. So let's welcome Chris to the stage. Chris, come on out, bud. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome, man. Now listen, um, uh, well, anyway, I know that you had a couple things you wanted to start off and say first.
1: Absolutely. It, it, it's great to be here, and, and Mike's right. When we first started, it was him and I. Yep. Uh, Mike was the senior pastor. I was the student pastor. I was also the kids pastor. Um, I was the media pastor. I was the secretary. I was the janitor. Uh, Mike, the only toilet in the office was actually in Mike's personal office. That yeah, was rough. And um, every time he'd clog it up, he'd be like, janitor. And... <laughs> You know, I mean, and, and my heart has always been for teenagers. Uh, the Lord has yeah. called me to youth ministry for the rest of my life. It's, it's something that I never want to stop doing. And um, that mm-hmm. became very evident in the first couple of months <laughs> at Parkway Fellowship. Um, I just really wasn't cut out for kidsmen. And... um We were there, and I was young. I didn't have kids of my own. I had never done kids' men before. And so um, I remember uh, one Sunday, we decided to do a craft with our four-year-olds. And I was like, you know, um, we can do this cool little craft. They can take some scissors and do some other stuff. So (laughs) y'all already know it's bad. So I just took all the safety scissors, and I poured them out on the table. And I'm like, all right, we'll do this craft. And so they're all kind of coming in and they're hanging out and they're, and they're playing around with each other and little did I know that two of our four-year-olds got under the table and gave each other haircuts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I had to hand those kids back to their parents, and I mean, at that point, we only had like 25 people in the church, so I'm like, all right, we just lost 50% of the church. It, it, at that moment, Mike looked at me and said, "We need to hire a kids pastor yeah. fast." Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that
0: was that pushed me over the edge. Yeah. So, um, and, but listen, listen. Get this. You might not know this, but the average time that a youth pastor stays at a church is 18 months. Only 18 months. And Chris, you've been here 15 years. How amazing is that? Right? Yeah. Uh, That is awesome, awesome. And I'll be honest, it is a testament to what God has done through this man to reach teenagers. In fact, we've had now almost 2,000 teenagers go through our youth ministry here
1: at Parkway Fellowship. It's been great. Thanks, Mike. Uh, But the truth is, when we first started, we almost didn't make it here. No. Um, And the main reason why was our worship was bad. Um, And I mean, this is how bad our worship was. I had parents begging me to serve in kids' men. Um, you know, I mean, they were just, they are like, please, just line me up. I'll serve every week for the rest of my life. Just don't make me go into worship. And I was like, wow. Um, That's bad. And so I was thinking, we're going to, this, this is going to like collapse right away. And, and we're about three months into it. We're averaging 24 people. Um, and, you know, there's like a small group. And uh, Mike comes to me and goes, I found our worship guy. And I'm like, praise the Lord. And he's like, He's 50 years old, and I'm like, and he's like, but it's okay, he's got an earring. And I'm like, how how does that help? And he's like, oh, oh, you know, I mean, he's awesome. Think about it, he has opened up for bands like the Temptations and the Pointer Sisters. And I'm like, you need to be talking to my parents. I mean, that, that means nothing to me. But you know what? The day he showed up we had a hundred people. Yeah. And we never, never looked back. Looked back. Yep. And not only is that worship pastor still alive today. Yes. But he is still on staff with us. Yes. So y'all welcome out. Pat Hunt. Come on, baby. Come on, Pat.
2: The truth is, I started here right after I graduated from high school, and I just got my <laughs> Medicare card in <laughs> November, so
1: I've
2: been here forever. But um, Yeah, it, it was a great ride. I mean, 15 years. When, when I first started here, we were setting up and tearing down, setting up and tearing down for seven years over at Cinco Ranch. But we grew to about 500 people, and we finally had the resources to buy this land and to build this building. The very first Sunday, we, uh, we had our first service. We had 856 people here. And immediately had to start planning. Yeah. And, and had to start planning to build another building. And we'd ran out of room day one. So uh, we have expanded twice since then. And, um, you know, we, we've uh, got a campus up in our north now. We have a, a live stream campus as well. Church has just really grown beyond anything I could imagine. It's
0: been a, an incredible ride. Yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. And, uh, and look, and that, it's just a testament of what God has done in people's lives. And that's really what it's about. It's about God changing lives, and uh, and God's done. Look, God's done a lot of things in the last 15 years, but there are a few things that God has done in the last 15 years that have woven some some uh, life changing characteristics into the fabric of our church. There, there. While there are all these stuff that God's done, there's a few events that have happened that God has used to literally change our church permanently. And so today, what I want to do is I want to tell you what those life-changing qualities are and the events that led up to them. And so um, on the back of your commemorative guide at the top, those are basically the, the sermon notes for it. There's no fill-ins, but these are, this is a list of the things that God has woven in the life of our church, okay? And the first thing that God has done is, number one, is this, is that God has shown and sown grace. He said, God has shown and he's sown grace. Uh, and, and it happened in year one of our church. And in year one of our church, literally, we reached a fork in the road and the direction that we decided to go would
1: forever change Parkway Fellowship. I remember that Sunday. It was the first Sunday you decided to go out of town. Yeah. Um, and uh, you looked at me and you're like, hey, Chris, you're in charge you know, of everything. And so I was like, woo! So I was preaching that Sunday, and, and I was getting ready to preach, and, and service was about to start, and Pat hadn't shown up yet, and, and we were like, where is Pat? And so um, service starts, Pat's still not there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on, um, so the worship team did the best they could without Pat, I preached an unbelievable sermon, changed millions of lives in that moment, because <laughs> that could have ended the church if it wasn't for my sermon. Um <laughs> And, uh, but anyways, after we were done, I actually became very concerned, and uh, we called some hospitals, and we called Pat's family, and and we we could not find Pat, and uh, it wasn't until later on that afternoon that we realized the reason why Pat wasn't in church was because Pat was in jail.
2: Yep. Wasn't my best day. (laughs) Now, yeah, we had just started, you know, and I was still trying to make some money uh, out, out in the world, and... I had a job down at uh, the Houston Yacht Club that I played regularly on Friday nights. And uh, when I first started here, we agreed uh, not to drink alcohol. Not because it's wrong, not because it's a sin or anything like that. It's just because that you know we don't want to put ourselves in a position if we're out in public and we're having a drink and there's someone in our congregation that's got a problem, then we, we don't want to enable that problem. So we just decided not to. But that night, uh, after I was playing, it was a very boring job. Uh, uh, there was hardly anybody there, I was entertaining myself. And uh, so basically the, the bartender came up and put a glass of wine, as he always did, uh, on my keyboard and eventually I drank it. And then he gave me another glass and, and yeah, I drank that too. And then, so I, we loaded up all, I loaded my stuff up and it was about an hour and a half home. You know, um, I got to, to Katy and I made a right on uh, Avenue D and two police cars pulled up behind me. Man, the lights come on, I'm like, what's this all about? I wasn't, I wasn't speeding, I wasn't driving outside the lines or doing anything like that. So anyway, they pulled me over and I pulled the window down. And I said, hey, you know, what's, what's the deal? I wouldn't do anything. He said, well, we got a phone call from someone that said that, uh, um, that you'd be driving down Avenue D uh, drunk. So I got arrested. And so I got a free ride downtown. And um, I spent uh, about 48 hours in a box. And I tell you, during that time, uh we had had a serious come to jesus meeting and i thought god what have i done you know
1: and 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 so you know i finally figured that out and i call mike and i'm like uh you know hope you had a great vacation um it's true by the way pat's in jail yeah and
0: uh look when he told me that um and told me what had happened like i was mad i was frustrated I was confused. I felt betrayed. You know, but at the same time, like, you know, pass my friend. I mean, you know, we're like, you know, three comrades in arms, you know, doing this thing. And look, and and many of you are leaders. Like, you've had to make hard decisions when it comes to people, right? And so, how do we handle this? I mean, like, like, what do we do? Now, it might seem obvious to you what we should do, but the truth is, it wasn't obvious to us. We did not know what to do. There was a lot of emotion tied up in this thing. And I just, I just could sense that we were at this fork in the road as a church. And so I'm telling you, like, I prayed my guts out. I mean, I prayed as hard as I could. And, and I prayed, I was like, God, like I want to show grace. But at the same time, Lord, we want to set a high standard for you. And we want, to, want that to convey that to our people. And it just, in one of those, one of those mind-clearing moments, God spoke to me, and he spoke to me as close to audible as I've ever heard in my entire life, and God said to me, he said, if you want to show grace, then why don't you? He said, if you want to show grace, then why don't you? And so, I talked to Chris about it, and, uh and so we went to pat and we just we just told pat that we were just going to forgive and we were going to show grace i mean look now it was with the thought that like he wouldn't go to jail again okay like let's be honest about that <laughs> but Fair we just deci- yeah but we decided that that we were gonna that we we're gonna step out on the limb of grace and hope that it held that's what we decided to do
2: yeah and I, I tell you it was the most humbling experience i've ever had in my life and uh you know. I, I didn't deserve it, yeah. But um, they gave it to me, and it's, it's changed all of our lives. Yeah,
0: and look, and after we told our fledgling congregation what we had decided to do, um, everybody just embraced it. And I'm telling you, it changed our church. Forever. It was in that moment, I, like I could feel it. God wove the seeds of grace into the fabric of Parkway Fellowship, and we were never the same again. Yeah. We, we had reached a, a fork in the road as a church about what kind of a church we were going to be. Were we going to be you know hardline and judgmental, or were we going to be forgiving and grace-filled? And so we decided to be forgiving and grace-filled. And it's been changing people ever since. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible.
2: And I say this: no matter where you are in your life, no matter what's going on, no matter what problems you're dealing with, no matter you know with a drinking problem or what, whatever that problem is, you're welcome here, and you're welcome here just as you are mm-hmm. right now, today. Yeah.
0: Look at this. Look at this verse that's printed there in your um, worship guide on the back. Romans five twenty. The Bible says this. It says where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Which is why I think when people come to Parkway Fellowship, they don't feel judged, they just feel loved, and they feel accepted. And many of you are the recipients of that, and it's all because from the very beginning, God has shown and he's sown grace into the life
1: of our church. And and the reason why I knew and we knew that God was a part of all of this was because the same night that Pat went to jail, um, I was leaving a gathering on Avenue D, and a guy was getting in the car that was drinking, and, and we, I tried to convince him not to, but he got in the car and left. So I called the cops and said, the next person coming down Avenue D is going to be drunk. Pull him over, arrest them. And um, thank you, Chris. It's true. pull Pat over, not the other guy. Uh huh. So the other guy received grace, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it is>. he <laughs> did.
0: You know, but only God can orchestrate something like that, right? And so we're like, okay, God, your hands really was in this. Um, okay, so um, here's the second thing that God has done here at the park. Here's number two, this is it. God's made the good news enjoyable to hear. God has made the good news enjoyable to hear. You know, somewhere along the way, churches have taken the good news of Jesus Christ, and they've turned into the bad news, or they've turned into the sad news, or the guilty news, or the judgmental news, or the irrelevant news. But look, it's not any of those things. It is good news. What Jesus has done for us is good news. And look, if it's good news,
1: then it ought to be enjoyable to hear, right? Right? So one of the things we did early on was we created videos and just got together and came up with stuff to see how funny or uh, how stupid we could be. Yeah. And we would film those videos to introduce our sermons or to prove a point or do other things like that.
2: Yeah. So we're going to take a few minutes and just look at some of the snippets from the videos that we've done in the past. Let's watch them. Yeah. You see I'm working?
0: got excited. He could turn him into a believer. That's what he can do. Leave. I had it right. That's an R. (laughs) Thou who art exalted in the heavenlies, surrounded by naked baby cherubs on clouds. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Tell me why. (laughs)
1: Honestly, it's not a miracle that I'm still the youth pastor after 15 years. It's a miracle I'm alive after (laughs) 15 years. Nobody knows this, but when we were doing the car wash thing, I got on top of the car, and Adam went ahead and picked the car wash. Adam accidentally chose the hot wax treatment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Gosh, that was painful. hell, <laughs> oh, man. But you know what? The Bible says reach
2: lost and cost. lost. You That's know? right. So. Hey, and you can, you can watch these videos in their entirety
0: if you just download the Parkway app. Yeah. So it's all, they're all on our church app, so you
1: can watch them all there if you want to. Um, yeah, good. And, and, and we've, we've done some other things too to really try to make church fun. Um, on our sixth Easter, we were like, what can we do to bring, uh, people to church? So we tailgated, um, and had a lot of fun. And then we gave away free Astros tickets. And Mm -hmm. these weren't just any Astros tickets. These were like behind first base. They were great seats. And, um, we were like, okay, everybody that comes through the doors gets free Astros tickets. We're thinking, okay, two, 250 people. 750 people that Easter yeah we we're like that's a lot of Astros tickets and so but not only did we get to hang out with them on Easter but three weeks later we got to all get together yeah. for an Astros game and we did that for like three or four years until it just got too big yeah. uh, to continue doing
0: yeah so to commemorate uh, our Astros ticket giveaway um, there are four seats in this room that have a coupon taped underneath for free Astros tickets so go ahead and check your seat right now and let's see if you want there are four pe- four seats that have Astros Tickets coupon underneath. So who won, oh yeah, we got somebody one over here. All right, good. Where's another one? Who else has got a free, over here, oh. back there. All right, very good. All right, so here's what you gotta do. Hold on, here's what you gotta do. After the service is over, take that coupon and go to Guest Services, and they will help you get your free Astros tickets, okay? So go ahead and do that. Yeah, how cool is that? Right. And, they're, and they're good
1: now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> when we gave them away, they weren't very
1: good. So. Uh, they're,
0: yeah, they're great seats. So, anyway, um, so, and, but look, we've done tons of stuff to reach people for Christ. Uh, I remember one year we did a gas buy down where we went to four or five gas stations around town, and we, it was when gas prices were super high. We bought down the price of gas to a $1.99 a gallon. And we created huge lines, and, but we use that as a way to invite people to come to church. Because, look, we'll do anything to reach the lost Angeles cost and grow into maturity, right? That's, that's right. A few years ago, we had all the guys put urinal guards in
2: the bathrooms all around town, and they printed, come to Arkway Fellowship. You add the P. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: As I, as I look around this room, I'm seeing all the women going, what's a urinal guard? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, is. We'll, we'll, we'll open up the men's bathroom after church. Y'all can take a look. Um, no, no, we won't. Okay, no. we won't. <laughs> I would need grace again. Yes, true. Um, but hey, in all seriousness, the people in this room, y'all have passed out thousands of glow yeah, necklaces yeah. on July 4th to invite people mm-hmm. uh, to come church. We have egged houses as a church in the name of Jesus. And by egging houses, I mean we put plastic eggs at houses in their doorsteps to invite people to come to church. In this room, the people collected boots and clothing for the kids at Still Creek Ranch, the orphans there. We have also filled entire truckloads full of canned goods for um, the food pantries around town. We've distributed All these different kinds of clothing and all these different kinds of articles to Goodwill and to KCM to help other people in need. Um, One of the other things that we did is we have purchased tens of thousands of dollars worth of goats and chickens and nets for kids that are overseas as part of World Vision to help them out. In fact, this last fall, Mm -hmm. our church collected and distributed (laughs) over 40 tons of supplies to help people that were affected by Hurricane Harvey. And that is y'all. I am in awe of what y'all have done as a church. And and it reminds me of this verse that has become the Parkway, you know, the heartbeat of Parkway Fellowship. And the verse is this, in Acts 15, 19, it says, It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to do as a church. We want to make it not difficult for people who want know jesus to come and be able to meet Him.
2: yeah that's right okay and now here, here's our very last point god has used our real faults and failures to reach real people god has used our real faults and failures to reach real people you know one of the things that we we don't do here is we don't put our pastors on a pedestal for people to look up to that's why we showed you these snippets today now, we put Jesus on a pedestal so we can all look up to that's him. True. And that's why we tell these stories about ourselves.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've honestly, the three of us plus the rest of our society, we've done some pretty dumb stuff over the years. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, we, have, we have needed a lot of grace ourselves. Yeah. In fact, um, it was like year one or two. I remember I almost got us kicked out of Sinker Ranch High School yes. and ended the church completely. Yeah. And, um, okay, you got to tell this story. Go ahead and tell Awesome. This. Awesome. Um, awesome. <laughs> I came up with this game. You know, we had like 20 students, and I'm like, you know, we got to do something memorable. And so I came up with this game where I gave each kid a bag of marshmallows. They stood 10 feet apart, and they would throw the marshmallows and catch them in their mouths. What can go wrong with that? Nothing. Uh, Well, it turned into a marshmallow fight within like 10 seconds, and I'm like, hey, this is even better. You know, they got this big marshmallow. Well, what I didn't notice is the kids were grinding the marshmallows on the ground into the carpet of the school in their big, like, LGI room. And so about 10 minutes into it, I look down and the entire carpet is white as snow. The kids have marshmallows that thick on their shoes and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. So I got the janitors, we got up there, we used scrapers and cleaners, we couldn't make a dent in it. I mean, we couldn't get any of it up and so I stuck my head out the door, Mike was walking by, I think he was coming to check on me and I was like, hey Mike, go home. Um, (laughs) all closed down this Sunday and I was like hey whatever you hear it's all lies Uh, just don't worry Um, I will take care of it and I called every carpet cleaner that day and I got one guy to come up it took him four hours and I had to like spend an incredible amount of money to get that cleaned up and save our tails yeah yeah
0: I mean that look that was was pretty big fail but it doesn't even come close To the fail we had on our very first Easter as a church. That was big time. Once again,
1: I didn't know what I was doing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, hold on, on, let me set it up. Here's the deal. Like, we had this massive Easter plan. Like, we were gonna have like 5,000 eggs for kids to find. And then we had all these photo booths set up for families to take
1: Easter pictures. And so, and then after all that was over, then, you know, we were gonna have our service. And so Mike says, hey, I've got the service you plan the rest of this. And so I didn't have kids at the time. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. So I scheduled 45 minutes for the egg hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody's ever been an egg hunt. They know I've already screwed up. And then I scheduled 45 minutes to take pictures. So I'm like, okay, we'll start at nine services. will start at 1030. Right. So we did the egg hunt that lasted eight and a half seconds. Um, then everybody went in and they took their pictures and that lasted like seven minutes. Maybe. So we are an hour and 20 minutes away from service starting and we have nothing to do. Oh, and people are just leaving. Oh, in droves. They're like, forget this. We're not staying for Easter. And uh, Mike, this is our first Easter. This is like the first chance to really help people. And Mike's like, fix it, Chris, now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And so I ran, I opened up my backpack and I was like, oh, the answer. So I pulled out a copy of Monsters, Inc., and I was like, let's just put it in. So we watched Monsters, Inc. in its entirety yeah. on Easter. as a church on Easter morning.
0: Yeah, I'm
2: pretty sure we're the only church in America that showed Monsters, Inc. on Easter, or any Sunday, for that matter. Yes.
0: Yeah, in fact, I bet we're the only church in the world yeah. that's ever shown Monsters, yeah. Inc., On Resurrection Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, But, uh, you know, but look, (laughs) when it comes to church, people aren't looking for like pastors who are perfect. Thank God. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. When people, look, when, when we come to church, aren't we looking for what's real? I mean, when we come to church, we're looking for real people who have real experiences in life, but yet are looking for a real God who can help in a real way. Amen. And that's one of the best things uh, about Parkway Fellowship. And that's, that's one of the reasons why we constantly tell stories about ourselves, because look, we're not perfect, and we're not trying to pretend like we are. We're not. In fact, the only person who's perfect is Jesus. When Jesus lived on this earth, he lived a perfect life. He never sinned. So therefore, when he died on a cross, he was able to offer forgiveness for all of our sins because he didn't have any. And so look, if you're ready to be real about your life and admit that you need a real savior, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you and come into your life and commit to follow him, you can do that today. There's a prayer, it's it's on that message notes section of your worship guide. If you've never prayed that prayer or something like it, I want you to take a second, I want you to pray that prayer. I want you to pray it right now. Pray it right now. Because, like, in the history of Parkway Fellowship, we have had over 4,000 adults, teenagers, and children pray that prayer Mm -hmm. over the last 15 years. Pretty incredible. So if you're ready to pray that prayer, I want you to take a second, I want you to pray that prayer right now. Okay? Now, as we, you know, wrap up today, um, I want to do one last thing. Fifteen years ago, when we started Parkway Fellowship, there were 17 families who decided to step out in faith and start Parkway Fellowship with us. And um, of those families, you know, there's some that have moved away, there's some that have moved on, but get this, there are nine of those families that are still active at Parkway Fellowship today. And so, listen, if there are any found of the founding families that are in this worship service today, and some of them are at the North Campus, some are on staff, but if there are any founding families that are in this service, would you stand up so that we can recognize you? Any of the founding families, stand up right now. Awesome. Yeah, look at that. How cool is that? Awesome. Hey, I want to say thank you for your faith. Your faithfulness, your sacrifice, and your belief in what God was calling us to do um, uh, 15 years ago. And and, you know, and I know, like for all of us, we're like, oh man, how cool would it be to have been one of those founding families? Well, the truth is, yeah, that is a cool thing. But think about it like this. Fifteen years from now, when we're having our 30th anniversary celebration, I want to be able to say, hey, everybody who has been here for 15 years or longer. Stand up, and you'll have the chance to stand up because that means that God will have used you and your faithfulness to him and your obedience to him to reach thousands more people. But in order for that to happen, you've got to make a commitment today. So would you make a commitment today to be a part of this church, to be the kind of person in this church who gives, who cares, who serves, who loves, who invites Would you be that kind of a person? Because that commitment starts today. And look, when you step out of this life and you get to heaven, God will show you all the people that are there because of the commitment you made today. Because look, here's the deal. God's not done yet. He's not done yet. God's desire is still to reach the lost at any cost and grow them to maturity. And God's vision for us from day one is that he wants to reach 10% of this community through this church We regularly now have more than one percent of our entire community that comes to church here every every, all the time. More than one percent, and that first percent is the hardest one to get by a long shot. So God's not even close to being done with us yet. In in the next fifteen years, we're going to expand the facilities here. We'll start more campuses. We will help tens of thousands of other needy families in our area. We'll lead thousands more people to Christ. We'll raise up the next generation to the glory of God. I'm telling you, it's going to be incredible. And God is inviting you to be a part of it starting today. So I want everybody to bow your head, close your eyes. Let me pray for us all. Heavenly Father, thank you for opportunities like anniversaries where we can celebrate not the church, but we can celebrate you and what you have done. And so, Father, I ask that everyone listening to my voice today, that all of us would be committed to following you, and that you would use us to build your kingdom, to reach more people for Jesus. And you would help us to follow you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you would use us to reach this city for the sake and the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And it's in His name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.